Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hey Kieran, the great and powerful wizard is actually just an ordinary man behind the curtain, that's right, and that is a spoiler. Because wow. that's what the show is about. Hmm, there we go. Kind of. And the horse is dyed with jelly crystals. That's correct. And the tin man is dyed by uh, lead poisoning. <laughs> Going to live. No, he did die of lead poisoning. No, that's mm. not true. That's just false. That's completely incorrect. But we're not here to talk about that movie. No, we're not. We've talked about it before on one of our old podcasts. Best yep. movie quest still available on iTunes. Yeah, go listen to that. This week we're talking about the upcoming DC Comics movie. DCU. Yeah, DC. I said DC Comics. That's a bit of a misnomer since it's Detective Comics Comics. So the upcoming DCU standalone film, I guess you could say, Joker. Yeah. Not really attached to any of the big movies coming out like Aquaman, Superman, the current Ben Affleck, Batman. So this movie is written and directed by Todd Phillips, who you may know as the writer of Borat. You just love that piece of trivia. (laughs) He also wrote the Hangover movies and Starsky and Hutch. Now I know you're thinking, that seems like an odd choice, but give the man a chance. I think he's just out to prove himself. Well, you know, stranger things have happened. I, yes. I think this movie's got to have a little bit of comedy, right? For the, yeah, that's for the subject matter. It definitely doesn't look like a comedy, though. No. If anyone well, out there hasn't seen the trailer, mm. probably watch it so you can keep up. But mm. yeah, it's definitely going for a very dark and serious Scorsese-esque tone. Mm. I know they've specifically stated that they've actually made the film or written the film with the intention of aping the Scorsese film style, specifically the 80s Scorsese aesthetic, which we saw in films like like Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, and almost specifically King of Comedy, Comedy, which I think they're drawing on almost directly for this movie. We'll talk about it more as we go. Even includes a Scorsese alumni. That's true. Mm. In Robert De Niro. That's right. We're spoiling it already. Mm. We'll talk about it more when we start talking about who's in the movie. Yeah. I know we've already started talking Joker, but Matty D, would you be kind enough to inform any first-time listeners on what this show is about? So what we do in this show, potential spoilers, is we take all the information about an upcoming movie, more specifically the trailer, if there is a trailer and yes. any promotional material, actors and information about the plot. We don't go too deep into our research here. And we no. try to guess what's going to happen in the plot before the plot comes out. That's right. We each go away and we come up with our own version of what we think is going to happen. And we compare and contrast to each other. Mm. And then when the movie finally comes out in cinemas, everyone can go along and see how close or how far off we were. Everyone can congratulate how uh, right we are and just Laugh at us kind of wrong. ignore the times when we're not right. I think it's better when we're wrong. <laughs> we just look like complete idiots. For example, more so than usual just i'm gonna spoil an upcoming episode a little bit but Mm. in our prediction of avengers endgame which was one of the first shows we did i think it was episode five of this show i said oh there's not going to be a big final fight at the end of the movie it's going to be toned down i know um, why'd you think that (laughs) and if you've seen avengers endgame mm, that didn't exactly happen like that so hmm. you thought it was going to be really subdued and yeah that's right calm yeah thought it was going to be a different kind of movie than well, yeah. it ended I, up being so I guess this show is like a, a homage to everybody who thinks they think they can predict the movie when the movie comes out you're sort of like oh yeah, yeah I knew that was going to happen I Now we actu- all do it on a subconscious level now we're actually putting it on record that's right and standing by our guns to say this is what we actually thought not backtracking and saying oh yeah I kind of got it right yes no nope, it's out there in the ether yes exactly For now, everyone to listen We've promised it in the past, but we will, in the future, go back over what we've predicted. We'll watch the movie and then, I guess, grade each other on how well we did, Mm. see who was closest. But yeah, that's going to come up in future installments of this podcast. But speaking of... A movie that we've predicted in the past is coming out this week, Toy Story 4. I think a lot of people are excited about that movie. Yes. That was a hard episode, that one. But uh, there's a few little things I see that we talked about. So if you're off to Toy Story 4 this weekend, check out our episode that we did on that, either before or after you see the movie, and uh, you can see what our track record's like. Send us a little message. I made a pretty major prediction with that movie that I'm really excited to see if it made it into the actual film itself. So hmm, I've got a lot riding on that one. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about the movie at hand, Joker. I suppose at this point in the show, we typically say what our history is with the movie or franchise in general, but since this isn't directly a Batman movie, I don't think it's worth going into what our histories are with those movies, but it'd probably be worthwhile just discussing what our thoughts and feelings are about the character of the Joker in general. Definitely. Um, I know you're a big Joker fan. I'm a big Joker fan, of course. Ever since I was a a little tot and I saw Mark Hamill played in the cartoon series and then I saw Jack Nicholson when I was very young in the 80s Mm. first. 
1989 Batman. I even loved um, Cesar Romero in uh, Mustache and All in the 60s version. Yes. And of course, we can't like gloss over the great performance uh, Heath Ledger brought to the, the table. Mo- the, the almost moment. defining mm. performance of yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah, it's always been a fun character. I think I'm. I'm thinking I'm with a lot of people when you almost think like, we, almost to say that well, you can't j- forget about the time that Jared Leto <laughs> trumped <laughs> Heath Ledger's performance in the yes. Amazing Suicide Squad. Yes, yes. I totally. kid, of course. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think it, it's a, it's always an interesting character. It's a character I'm interested to see put to film again. I don't think it, it gets old. He's He's almost the star of the Batman world in a, in yeah. a weird way. He's so. very much become the focal character. Did you ever watch that TV show Gotham? Yes. I want to bring it up a few times as we go throughout this podcast. Because they, they had a Joker, but he wasn't the Joker. Yeah. Like, he was called they, Jerome or something like that. They were like scrambling to include the Joker in some way in that show. So they did every way possible without directly saying, look, here's the Joker. He's the star of the show. <laughs> they basically danced around and did as much as they could to insert him before he was due to even appear in the universe. I mean, they could have made him appear in the universe i don't know yeah. why they just didn't go with that mm. that whole show was just basically a big cock tease essentially for lack of a better word they just wanted to introduce batman they wanted to introduce the whole batman world but they're like well, it's a prequel so we're just gonna make suggestions <laughs> we're just gonna rely on what we've done in the past now i was really hoping that this joker movie wouldn't do that but from the looks of the pre-release material i think they're not going to be able to help themselves yeah and they're going to tie into the whole Batman law in very big ways, at least in my opinion. Well, I mean, look at a movie that didn't do that, that in a similar way. I mean, the Catwoman movie mm. was by itself. Yeah, know, and people were furious that there were no Batman tie So I guess you're supposed to... Did you watch that movie, Kieran? Yes, I, I mean... did. I've seen it a couple of times, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, people were really upset that Batman wasn't involved. So I guess you kind of have to do it. Mm. Well, he is in it. We know this. Yes. And we've seen him in the trailer. Yep. Well, at least we can presume that he is Bruce Wayne, but we know he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> we could just say that Bruce Wayne is in the movie. Mm. What about you? What's your history with the the Big J? As I've stated in the past, I've never been a big superhero movie guy, but of course, like everybody, I've seen most of the Batman movies. I've specifically seen The Dark Knight, so I was very impressed with the Heath Ledger performance. I think that is, as I said before, the defining Joker performance. Didn't mind Jack Nicholson either, but... Yeah, he doesn't... He gets forgotten about these days. Like most drama students in their late teens, which I was, I think I was about 18 when The Dark Knight came out, I was very impressed and then (laughs) wanted to learn all the Joker's lines as monologues and paint my face. Oh, God. (laughs) But thankfully, I never did do that. Never (laughs) took it that far, but yeah. Was very impressed by that performance. But yeah, beyond that, I can't say that I I love the Joker. I can't say that I was scrambling for a Joker movie, but... I think this movie has a lot of potential. I think it yeah. has the potential to do really well. Well, we were making fun of me it. in big ways. Like, we were making fun of it yes. when it was just an idea that they were yes. like, they're going to make a solo Joker movie. This looks stupid. And then the trailer came out, and I don't know about you, but mm. I was like, mm, actually, I was blown away. I thought actually, really this good. this actually looks all right. I'm actually excited about this. I remember we were like, we're actually excited about this now. Yeah. I didn't think this was going to happen. When I found out that they were inspired by Scorsese movies, I went, wow, I well, can really so see that. That's so obvious with the trailer. And I really like Scorsese movies. So if they can do it well, it might be a movie. Mm that I really enjoy. So what can I say? I'm excited about it. Now, we should probably point out as well that one thing that Matty D pointed out when we first watched the trailer is that there's a shot where it appears that the Joker's been kicked in the nuts. (laughs) Yes. And he's lying on the ground clutching his balls. Yes. So we've long had a running gag that this movie is going to set up the whole origin story. <laughs> the Joker became the Joker because he got hit in the nuts. There's something... Uh, we referenced it in a previous podcast. Yeah, even. there's something comical about uh, Walking Phoenix getting hit in the crotch in that in that trailer. Because everything else is so serious. Well, you don't serious. see it. You just see everything him lying on the ground going... Oh, yeah, 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 cradling. <laughs> if anyone who's watching the trailer... Cradling the plums. Yeah, yeah, anyone who won't watch that trailer, look for that bit. It's just after he had his side stolen. <laughs> he's nursing the berries. Because we're... We were really intense watching this trailer going, oh my God, this is really good. This is really good. And then I remember being like, hey, Kieran, is he cradling his like his, his plums? His boys? Did, did, he, did he just get knocked in the cojones? <laughs> and that's been our obsession ever since. We've yeah, taken we just- it as far as just privately saying that in every scene in the movie, there's just going to be a moment where he's just knocked in the balls. Yeah. It's an excuse for that. What a great that movie that would be. Oh my God. Well, we'll never get you've old. Just, you've just spoiled my notes. Mm, one, two. <laughs> but in saying that it has a lot of potential. I thought to he do. got hit in the balls twice, by the way. Once in the subway. But it turns out I'm just seeing what I want to see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, go on. So the movie has potential to be really good, mm. but I think it also has potential to be really pretentious and it could completely fall on its ass. Ooh. 
Oh, yeah. So it all depends on what decisions the director makes. He's also the writer, Todd Phillips, as I mentioned before. If they just push it a little too much in one direction, it could just completely fall to pieces. So yeah. there's a lot riding on this. It's almost balancing on the razor's edge. Well, I mean, people will go watch it. Regardless. Regardless. Yeah, and I think it'll either be a movie that people will go, oh, my God, that was really good. Joaquin Phoenix was really good in it. Or they'll sort of say, meh. You know, originally Joaquin Phoenix didn't want to do I it. Heard, he I heard. He said, I'd love to do a movie like this, but I'm not interested in portraying a character like the Joker. So if he wasn't the Joker, I'm all for it. But I think the dollars made him change his mind in the end there. No, no. He's an artist. <laughs> an artist? Yes, he is. <laughs> is that like an artist? Yes. Mm, okay. Same thing. We've teased a few of the actors so far, but we should really get into who's in the movie. Mm, yes. And what we know about it so far. So, of course, we've mentioned him already. Playing Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. the Joker himself, is Joaquin Phoenix, who you may know best as Max from Space Camp. Yeah, big character. Mm, I don't think anyone remembers Space Camp. No, I certainly do not. Conveniently buried, thanks to the Challenger disaster, I think it was. Uh, no, he was from Gladiator. Best known Science. for his interview in Letterman, where he grew a beard. Yeah, that was actually a character for a movie that he was I know, playing. I know, I so. know. Yeah, but no one ever knows that. Yeah, well, nobody saw the movie, so it was a <laughs> bit of a waste of time. Now, we've actually talked about him before in our other podcast, Best Movie Quest, mm. in the Her episode where he played the main character. Yeah, very good movie. And yeah, he was excellent in that. So what are your thoughts on him playing the Joker, though? I'm excited. I think it works. He looks, he's transformed his body, which is Yeah, insane. he's lost a lot of weight. And I like I know he's somebody who really gets into the role and really commits to it. So it's going to be really exciting to see how far he pushes it. I like that it's an older actor like him that's not going to try to do Heath Ledger again yeah which is kind of what I felt like Jared Leto kind of no, I won't, I won't criticise anyone's thing but like it's ah, it's, ah, <laughs> it's, it's nice Harley it's nice what to are see, you doing it's nice to see somebody <laughs> just not trying to be cool or edgy or do something that's been done before that's yeah. going to go in their own way and I and I everything I've seen from the trailer his mannerisms the way he plays Arthur Fletch and the way he plays like the Joker is kind of I, I think it'll do really good yeah so the impression that I get of his Joker is basically what I've always wanted from a Joker mm. in a Batman movie. Well, I yep. suppose this is contained to his whole own movie. So I guess that's one of the reasons that I'm excited about it. I think he'll do a good job. What else can I say? Yeah. And I suppose we'll find out in our plot predictions as well where we think he'll take it. It's a very Next. John Wayne Gacy as well. Actually, I kind of like the yeah, makeup. Yeah, except that they without did. the child murdering. Well, who knows? Oh, you mean John Wayne Gacy style makeup? I'm, yeah. I'm with you now. <laughs> okay. Now, playing the woman who spawned the Joker, Penny Fleck. Mm hmm is uh, Frances Conroy, who I can't say I'm really familiar with, but apparently she's done a lot of movies. She was in Scent of a Woman, Sleepless in Seattle. She was actually in Catwoman, which we mentioned before. Oh, really? But I can't say that I remember her in it. And she was also in the Nick Cage Wicker Man as well, but again, I don't remember her The Bees? She was probably the woman that got punched by <laughs> Nicolas Cage when he was there. No, I know she wasn't, but still. What do you think about the Joker's mother? Do you think it's a clever inclusion to even have the Joker's mother in a movie in the first place? Yes, it works for my plot. She has a very unique look, let's just say that. Well, let's just say I don't think she'll be around a lot. Yeah, I agree with you there, 100%. <laughs> Definitely. I think she's going to be the pushing point on a lot of issues for the Joker, or at least in my version anyway. Interesting. Uh, the next person I wanted to talk about playing Sophie Drummond, who is the single mother that the Joker is apparently enamoured with, is Zazie Beats, which is just a fun name to say in itself. That's an awesome name. Mm. Now, you may remember her as Domino from Deadpool 2. That's where she was from, yeah. That's pretty much the only major thing that she's done. But yeah. Two but superhero movies, not bad. Well, I guess it's not a technical superhero movie. All she does in the trailer is smile, so I don't really have an impression of what she'll be like in the movie, mm. but... I'm going to presume that she's going to be exactly like the woman from Drive. The Killing Joke? Oh. Yeah, maybe like The Killing Joke, but yeah. You know the woman, his neighbour in Drive? Yes. When I was thinking about what her impact on the story would be, I literally just thought of Drive and went, yeah, just, let's just have her do that again because <laughs> she's also a single mother. Oh, yeah, she is too. They're going to go down to the aqueduct and have a picnic. Yeah. Let's hope to so. To real hero. <laughs> yes. Now playing Thomas Wayne, the billionaire philanthropist. I think we all know who Thomas Wayne is now. The dad. Yes. The dad of the bat himself. Mr. Soon to be shot is in an Brett, alleyway. Yes. Is Brett Cullen. Now I can't say I'm too familiar with Brett Cullen either. Do you know who was going to play him? Who? Oh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Hmm. Could you imagine that? Oh, that'd be good. Nothing against this gentleman here, but like, it oh just, my God, Alec just Baldwin. just does his is, Trump impression. That's, that would work. That might have been what they were going for, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, Brett Cullen has actually appeared in a Batman movie before. Oh, really? He played a congressman in The Dark Knight Rises. 
He did too. You did too. Yeah. You recognize yeah, him? Yeah, I do now. He's already a part of the universe, but this is a standalone movie. Uh, who so cares? Don't, we don't have to worry about these the actors are all de- through details all, like all that. throughout all these movies in and out, so who cares? Yes. Now playing little Brucey Wayne himself. Uh, again, I don't know why. Mm, well, we do know why he was included, but it annoys me that they just sort of. You just wanted it to be no Bruce Wayne? Yeah, I didn't even want them to reference Bruce Wayne. Maybe he could be in the background in a shot, but I kind of didn't want it to be like Gotham, where they just sort of force Bruce Wayne into every second scene. I really hope that they don't linger on him too much. I think I imagine that they won't. Because Thomas Wayne's an important person in this universe. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Now, I can understand having him in the movie. That's fine. But yeah, Bruce Wayne. And they've also got Alfred in the movie, but I didn't. Did list, they really? Yeah, I didn't list the actor here, but yeah, playing Bruce Wayne is Dante Pereira Olsen, who has done nothing. He's a child. He has no history. Well, welcome to the movie biz. Yeah, he's going to be his big breakout role. <laughs> I'm Batman, everybody. Anyway, <laughs> and the last person I wanted to talk about, and certainly not least, I'm excited playing Murray Franklin, the talk show host. Has he been in this? Has this actor been in this show before? I feel no, like he, he should have been. He should be working more. I agree. Oh, yeah, is Robert De Niro. Old Robert. Who you may recognise as Fearless Leader from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. No, of course, I think he's in almost every single Martin Scorsese movie. Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, he's the main character. I think he's directly referencing his King of Comedy character in this movie. Raging Bull. That's right. Casino. What was the movie he did? I just completely blanked with Billy Crystal. Analyze this. Analyze this. Analyze this, analyze that. Meet the Fockers. Let's not forget Meet the Fockers. Yes, his breakout role. Godfather 2. Where they discovered him on Meet the Fockers. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this new guy with Ben Stiller? Hire him. He does good facial expressions. I do really like him in Godfather 2. I just want to point that out. Okay. Yeah. So I'm excited to see Robert De Niro in this. Mm-hmm. I think he'll lend that sort of Scorsese credibility that they're aiming for. Uh, he's great in everything. Have yeah. you seen him in Dirty Grandpa or whatever that movie is? That's a lot of fun. Dirty Grandpa? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the name of it. No, I can't say I have. Anyway, it's, it's worth a watch. <laughs> what can I say? I'm excited to be seeing Robert De Niro in something again. Yeah. Hopefully he isn't just phoning it in like he when has done he, in the last when few does he do that? decades. So before we start talking plots, what do we know about the movie so far? Okay, so we've had... We've talked a fair bit about it, so we obviously know a fair bit, but... So this took a really long time to get any information. For a while, we didn't even know this movie was going to happen. There was yeah. like shots, there was stills in, yeah. in Walking, Walking Phoenix, in, yep. in makeup and some of the sets there. You could draw that it was a period piece, possibly. And then they've just, not too long ago, released one theatrical trailer. Teaser trailer. Teaser trailer, yeah. which is, as we said, really, really, a really good trailer, but... Yeah. Um, Let's hope the movies cut together half as well as kinda, the trailer is. It kind of shows a few schisms and a few vibes, but you don't know. what else do we know by that? Not much. That's right. He gets hit in the plums, we know that. Yes. Ooh, me plums! So there's really not a lot that we can draw information from. Mm-hmm. So I've got to say, speaking for myself, I'd say 80% of my plot prediction is pure speculation. Yep. I'm just going from hints and little teasers that we saw in the trailer. So I could be 100% wrong in my prediction. I doubt that, but maybe 80% wrong with 20% accuracy but mm, that's just me yeah i don't know i'm gonna <laughs> i don't know how accurate i'm gonna be but i, I feel like in myself confident i'm like uh at least i'll get kind of it you know what i mean i might well, not let's get hear it right now you're going first let's this week. do it let's do it so first of all i want to say about this movie is that the tone of it is going to be a mix between like nightcrawler and the king of comedy and it'll mm. draw a lot of inspiration from a wow that's graphic, a great reference a graphic novel called the killing joke but yes. it won't be 100 percent on that and it'll be a tragedy about this guy's pathetic life that all sort of envelops culminate his, yeah, in him turning into the Joker he's insanity of course of course so this movie will also in the background pay homage to golden age of cinema silent actors like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and also reference movies lightly like The Laughing Man which was mm. uh, the original inspiration for the character that Bob Kane created so that's kind of the vibe I'm going for with my prediction and that's what I think it's going to be so Your but prediction let, comes with a little bit of history yeah, and background it does like it, it does and there's also gonna, he's, I reckon Joaquin's going to play a lot with the with the physicality of it but you know that's obvious from the trailer but here we go so here's what it opens it opens it starts with Flesh doing a bad joke by the way it's Fleck oh god I've never mentioned him as Fletch in this entire thing (laughs) as in like the movie Fletch What movie is that? It's a Chevy Chase movie, which I really like. Okay. The movie starts off with Fleck doing a bad joke at a comedy club and is getting zero laughs. Uh, Like a dead baby joke or something? No, no, nothing like that. The nature of the joke will be something along the lines of uh, something simple, like uh, looking after his mum or something. Don't you hate it when you get hit in the plums? (laughs) Don't you hate it when someone just hits you in the plums? And they all boo when they hit him in the plums. No, they don't. We've really got to retire that joke. He just gets silence. No, no, we're writing this joke all the way for this episode. This is the episode we waited for 
this joke. Okay. Um, so he gets zero laughs, zero reaction. And then we go straight into his therapy session that he's having with his therapist. And she sort of talks to him about his feelings. We get a little bit of an insight that he's bothered and disturbed, but he's not vocalizing it. He's like, no, I'm, I'm great. I'm fine. You know, mm. she, this doctor is, or, you know, this therapist is more savvy than that. She was like, I think you should be on these medication. You should be more open with your feelings. He's like, okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is when we see the character walk uh, through his house to the miserable streets of Gotham. Gotham in this movie will be a character onto itself. Yes. It'll be depressing. It'll be bleak. It'll it be, is in the trailer already. It'll be people rubbing each other in the streets and we just see this sad man, this sad thin man just... Mm. I sort of see it like a caricature of 70s New York. Mm, very taxi-esque almost. Mm. Um, so he comes home and he's greeted by his mother. So his mother is a character who will have dementia right. and uh, he and Arthur will be the primary carer of her. But it's not a bad scenario because he really loves his mother and his mother's yes. really encouraging. So his mother will greet him, say, how was your day? He will say, great. How did they like you at the comedy store, at the comedy club, the open mic? He's like, they loved me. They all laughed and they all, and she's like, I knew you were special. All that stuff. It's going to be quite morbid. We're going to see Fleck really happy, enjoying his company with his mother, giving her a bath, watching a man by the name of Murray Franklin, which is going to be his mother's favorite uh, yeah. comedian. And she's going to be like, you should be on that show. The Tonight Show with Murray Franklin. Because you're funny. And he's like, oh, maybe one day, mum. Hint, hint. We're going to go a bit further in time. We're going to jump forward and we're going to see Fleck speaking to his mother outside. But when the camera zooms out, it turns out he is sleep. He's, he's sleeping. He, he is talking to his mother's grave because his mother has oh, died. Very sad. Very sad. And it's raining and it's gloomy. And also this graveyard isn't a nice graveyard. It's just kind of like in the corner of visibly the city and there's piles of trash everywhere. So it's like, you know, even his mum can't, you it's know. It's charming. No, not charming at all. Even his mum can't have a grave in a nice place, secluded place. There's no real peace here. Exactly. Ah, oh, see, look how good this is. You're we're on the same page. So then we see Fleck doing some depressing things alone, eating alone, walking around. He doesn't have anybody anymore. And then we're going to see him in the comedy open mic night again. This time it's worse. He's using jokes about his mental illness. They're not connecting with the audience. Instead of getting no reaction, he actually gets booed off stage and gets things thrown at him. Tomatoes. Or maybe like a bottle. Okay. Fleck asks he's the manager of the nightclub if there's any work. <laughs> the manager says, not for you, son. Do you want me to come back next week? <laughs> no. Oh, we're busy. We're all booked out. <laughs> So Fleck in this meantime is working at a miserable job. We get to see it here. He acts. I'm, I've decided he works at an abattoir. Okay, because that's really grisly, and he's dealing with like carcasses all the time. And what's yeah. more, he's slaughtering no, lambs. Every no day. offense to anybody who works there. I know a few people. No offense have, to any boners out there. But, but uh, <laughs> sorry about your job title. But it just suits the style of the film that he's just monotonously killing things. I guess maybe or, he is know, a boner, hosing down blood, not for very much longer. Fool me, plums. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh. so the therapy is still going on he's walking to like Arkham Asylum he's being exposed to all so these so he's doing his therapy at mm. Arkham Asylum yes he okay. is he is and we see him going into you know the ward and meeting all the crazy people and it's just kind of like one Arthur. who the cuckoo's nest style <laughs> oh not really no it's just a one on one therapy session but he's going in and essentially getting medication talking to this lady but it's sort of like a day in the life of but he's not communicating at all we're not actually going to hear a lot about this character you're just going to see him living his shitty life Flex sees footage of Tom Thomas Wayne speaking about how prosperous Gotham is. It's a stark contrast to how it actually reality. appears on the streets. Yep, exactly. And flex bills are starting to pile up. You can see he's sort of stressful about his pay. He asks his landlord if he can. Oh, sorry. He asks his boss at the abattoir. Uh, oh. If he can get an early payment. The I was guy, hoping his landlord would be Mr. Dickovich from <laughs> Spider-Man 2. The, the boss tells him, no. Fleck walks home and sees an advertisement for a sort of business that hires out clowns. And it says something like, do you a want to make- A business that hires out clowns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like a clown college, but they kind of like hire them out for like parties and things. And it says, it's like the promotional material is like, do you like to make people laugh? Do you want to make people happy? You know, this is the job for you. And Fleck is like, oh my God, this is really for me. And he sees it as a calling and he quits his job at the abattoirs, tells the guy, I'm leaving. I'm going to be a clown now. But Fleck is wrong. Everyone is- actually- You are a clown already. <laughs> Everyone is actually miserable in this business. Everyone is They're like- all sad clowns. Surly and miserable. They're all hobo clowns and sweeping up mess. It's not what he envisioned at all. Anyway, in the process of this, Fleck becomes interested in a waitress at a diner. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. And develops an unusual romance with her because he makes her laugh and Fleck is immediately smitten. But he finds out just by dialogue that she actually- 
has an illness, like something like physical illness. Yeah, like a like a terminal illness, but it's oh, not terminal okay. yet. But something. All right. Something's uh, spoilers. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she finds out that a little bit about that character there, and we find out about through their conversation. So I have in my notes after a failed birthday party where Arthur gets <laughs> hassled and humiliated by by kids. Um, he He's leaves. Like, who are you going to call? And they're like, Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I had that in my mind. <laughs> yeah, maybe he gets kicked. Maybe the. <laughs> Where is this going? Oh. Um, and after he leaves, his work colleague, who's called Monty, I've decided, tells him this in frustration. He's like, this is terrible. There's no money in this. I tell you what, there is an offer I can introduce you to where we can actually make some real money. And it's basically to rob. He says to the Joker, yep. if you're good at doing something, never do it for free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He says, he says he's got a guy that can help him get some real money. And by that, he means robbing stuff. And Arthur declines this. He says he doesn't need to do that. I would um, never rob a bank. So he, he goes on a date with this waitress. Um, Zazzy Beats. Yep. Zazzy Beats. And things are going really well. They meet after her shift uh, at the diner and they seem to have a lot of common ground. She really is against the world. And I don't know, they have a shared understanding about how miserable mm. their lives are she's a single mom after all and after finding out that he is a trialing failed comedian failed comedian or he's a ambitious comedian she says oh i, I know somebody who works who for clowns are us who actually works at the pongo comedy club um the pongo comedy club yeah because wow. that's in the trailer kieran were you not paying attention oh, no i wasn't i called it something completely different <laughs> just you wait till you hear what i called it so she was like i know somebody who works at the pongo comedy club i can get you in and it'll be a good chance for you to expose your actual talent because you're very funny and he's like fantastic so this will culminate into the big scene where fleck is advertising a closing down music store and some kids music steal store. his sign they're always closing down <laughs> <laughs> and some kids steal his, his sign and he chases after them um, oh, here we go and then big we scene. go, here we go, the big scene. And then he gets, you know. Hit kicked. with the sign. Yep. Yeah, hit with the sign and knocked in the plums. And yep. everybody who came to see that one scene will leave. Yeah, Half the cinema will get up and go, thank you very much. Matty D and I will stand up and leave. <laughs> we got our money's worth. laughing for 10 that, minutes. That's, that's all we wanted. You know what else I thought? Because remember how we used to make fun of um, Michael Caine in Batman <laughs> yes. 3? How he used to be like, oh, I failed you. you. You trusted me and I failed. And they cut it from the movie. I'm like really worried. No, that was in the movie there. Oh. I told my parents. I'd protect you and yeah. I have it. If anyone's familiar with the Dark Knight trailer, there's a scene where he says that and it's just very, very funny. It's supposed to be a very serious scene and it's very, very funny to me and Kieran. And they cut it out of the trailer, we think because it well, didn't... they cut it out of the movie. It was in the trailer. I'll say they cut it out of the movie and we think it's because... You know, it people did, were laughing. People were laughing, and it was. And I'm really worried they're going to do this with this movie. But anyway, in my plot, it's there. He gets hit okay. in the cojones, and um, I think everyone else in the world's going to be mature enough <laughs> to accept it as violence rather than comedy. <laughs> yeah. After this, he's kind of razzled, but he arrives at the comedy show in the Pongo Club, and his jokes, surprise, surprise, don't land at all. But this is more due to his horrific experience leading up to it because he's had such a bad time. He's got a really high voice now. His jokes like are one kind of, the BGs. of well, no. <laughs> His jokes are more um, depressing and and mm. violent and dark and gritty, and they're just like they're not really jokes. They're kind of like observations about his world, and it's kind of like really malicious. And this is a, a club of like this isn't his local bar audience. There are actually important people here, and one of the people is Thomas Wayne. Mm. And Thomas Big Wayne fan of comedy is he? Yeah, sure. Thomas Wayne actually heckles him. Very important. And this and other audience members join in, and this causes Fleck to snap, and he starts sort of ranting and, and going a little bit crazy about how terrible the world is, and and. And stuff, and then he actually gets pulled down from the stage and gets thrown out of the club. When he returns to his work in his clown getup, he's fired for losing the sign. His boss comes in, <laughs> yells at him. He gets fired. He catches the subway back home, and this is where we see the scene where he just starts laughing and people just beat him up because he's acting weird. Yeah. And he has dinner with his girlfriend after this, who says, "So nothing comes of him being beaten up on the subway." No. Nah. Okay. No. Nah. He just goes home sad, all bruised. It's it's sort of culminating into it's building up on this. Everything's building up to the right. explosion right. I guess is what it's I'm just another needle on the haystack exactly Wait, exactly. it's just another I, straw on the camel's originally, back originally it was going to lead to something but I decided another needle in the haystack I decided against it but he has dinner with his girlfriend who says she's uh, terminally ill and she doesn't realise Arthur has lost his job but they're kind of sort of getting in the stage where they're moving in together and both of them have no money for healthcare Arthur doesn't tell her this but he's kind of worried he's like oh no this well the only person I have in my life is going to die so he contacts the old colleague he worked with what's the deal with her child no mm-hmm. <laughs> Who cares? 
Go to your room. I think Arthur will get along with the child, be like a right. surrogate father figure. So he contacts his old colleague, Monty, who gets in touch with the criminals they meet in a bar. He tells them he wants him to rob the Waynes. Says mm. it's a safe job. It's easy. They're not guarding this particular area. You just come in, steal a bunch of cash. The guy's loaded. They won't even notice. He says, okay. So are they robbing Wayne Manor or are they robbing yep. Wayne Enterprises? They're going to rob Wayne Manor. Okay. And this is where- Stately Wayne Manor. This yeah. is where Monty and Arthur will scope Wayne Manor and he will meet with young Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. while he's doing it manages to charm him into not thinking anything is suspect by doing don't tell anybody clowning thing what you got there sport an apple um (laughs) nice reference thank you so since they don't have any disguises what they decide is the only thing they have him and monty that is is clown makeup so they go and they rob the place in clown makeup but it goes horribly wrong they actually get caught and they escape by the skin of their teeth this gets reported on the news all of a sudden there is a criminal in clown makeup becomes a manhunt for clowns poor yeah, clowns are us yeah, <laughs> they yeah. can't go to birthday this, parties this guy who's rubbing in clown makeup Fleck then finds out that his girlfriend died walking from work during a police altercation I had these things connected but I decided not to have it connected okay. but some fight broke out or some crime thing happened and the police shot the girl this will add to his they hatred they shot the terminally ill girl yeah okay wow. well she was just in the Dark. way she was just in the way and, oh. they, and they, she got shot it bounced off a but, pan and it hit her in the head. I'm sort of calling on the the comic where she died in a car accident, I believe. Okay. But the um, killing joke. That the is. killing joke. Okay. Yeah. I think it's more important if the police kill her because then he can be anti-authority. See, I'm building okay. towards yeah. something here. He has no reason to ha- to make this money anymore. He doesn't even care about doesn't. the welfare of the child that is now motherless. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the child will go into foster care or something like that. They're not okay. going to give it to crazy Arthur Fleck. Things get worse because the gangsters who hired him for it are deciding not to give him any of the money. And Fleck doesn't really want to. Doesn't really care about the money, but he cares about being double-crossed, especially at this point. And this is where things start really breaking down. He finds the club that the criminals are connected to. He sets it on fire. Reports are coming out at the time about the clown, Prince of Crime. Mm. People are dressing like him on the streets. Thomas Wayne gets on TV because he's sort of like a symbol for anti-authority. He's a symbol for anti-wealth because there's going to be a class battle. So So he's sort of like a Guy Fawkes figure. Exactly, exactly. Anonymous circle. So people are going to be... Yeah, dressing like him and dressing like clowns and committing robberies and and riots and things like that. Uh, Thomas Wayne will come on TV and say, what a coward hides behind a mask. More publicity for him. Thomas Wayne leaving a theatre will get shot by one of these characters, not by Arthur, but somebody who is inspired by the Joker will shoot shoot both Martha Wayne and- What's his name? Joe Chill? Yeah, (laughs) Joe Chill will shoot him. Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne doesn't need to be Joe Chill, but can be. And we're leading up to a fundraiser that the wealthy were going to have. Thomas Wayne was the one organising it, but he's dead, but they're going to have it despite it as kind of a memorial to him Mm -hmm. to raise money for the poor. This is a lot of rich people patting themselves on the back, essentially. Exactly. So, of course, our Joker, who's becoming full-form Joker at this stage. He's um, transformed into his final form. I want to say as well, during the plot, people are going to make fun of his clown He's gone getup. from level one thug to yeah. level 100 boss. Yeah. During his time, they're going to make fun of his clown costume, especially yeah. the kids at the birthday party. They're like, that's yeah. not real hair. This not. So, this is what's building towards his like aesthetic, I guess. Okay. What he'll end up looking like, which will be full Joker form by this stage. He'll invade this uh, fundraiser. He'll tell everyone that he has bombs located in the- My building under the tables and if his demands aren't met he'll blow everybody up all these elites and he'll be like why do you care I won't take the money it'll just be you guys that'll be dead and they'll be like no 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 uh, what is your demands and he wants, and he says I want to be on the Franklin Murray show mm. and they go okay okay whatever whatever so they get him into the Franklin Murray show he comes out on the show this is the big climax of the movie T- he goes in and he tells them all that he has laughing gas actually all over Gotham this is of course a lie he's just actually bluffing and he demands to speak on air he will kill Robert De Niro's character, Franklin Murray. He will talk about Ooh, wow. what it is like to have a bad day. It'll kind of be like a stand-up bit, but it'll yeah. divulge into a monologue. It'll be a classic Joker monologue. There's one guy in the audience who can't stop laughing. Yeah. It's, like, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, not funny, yeah. He'll talk about how everybody's, you know, yeah, similar to the one bad day monologue. He'll say that. Eventually, the police will figure out that he's completely a liar, that there's actually no bombs. There's actually no, no laughing, laughing gas. gas yeah. They'll come in and they'll arrest him. They'll throw him into the paddy wagon. And as he's driving away in the paddy wagon, it'll be kind of silent. The police officer will look in his rearview mirror and say, hey, buddy, do you mind if I... um..." 
play some music or wind down the windows. <laughs> My son's birthday's coming up. Do you mind if you uh, come around and <laughs> can I book you? Do you have available bookings? But he says something like, "You want to yeah. play some music or something like that." And then Arthur says, "It wouldn't kill me." And then the a police officer starts laughing, and he goes, "Hey, that's actually a good one. <laughs> you and, should be called the Joker." <laughs> and it'll make Arthur smile, and that's going to be the end of the Joker. There we go. Very detailed plot there. Yeah, sorry, I can't say that mine is anywhere near as detailed. But yeah, very interesting. One thing that surprises me straight off the bat with mm. your plot is it's almost a hundred percent different to mine, which is crazy because <laughs> we both are going from the same source material, the little teaser trailer. Yeah. Well, there's not much in there, so I think you'll be shocked at how different <laughs> mine is in comparison to yours. But oh, well, but I guess that's the whole point of having separate plot predictions is we can have entirely different ideals. So I'm actually going to go through mine fairly quickly because we actually have another plot prediction to read straight after mine. So, oh, really? Yes, we do. So I don't want to divulge too much in Kieran land and potentially rob someone else of their time in the spotlight. So you cited your sources at the start of the film. Yep. Uh, I think you said Nightcrawler and... King of Comedy and... King of Comedy. Killing Joke. Killing Joke, yep. So I see this film as being very similar in tone to Bronson, as in the Tom Hardy oh, movie Bronson, yeah. as well as King of Comedy as well. And Raging Bull as well. I'm just going to throw a little bit of... A little dash of... <laughs> of of Raging Bull for taste. I find that interesting, the Raging Bull thing. I know they've said that, but like it's like, ooh, okay. So I think the film will open up with the Joker in full Joker makeup, basically the end of your movie. It's going to be in full Joker makeup, and he's speaking to the audience, us, directly. Like so Bronson? Exactly like the start of Bronson. <laughs> Even Bronson is wearing clown makeup at the start of that movie, which is kind of strange. But yeah, he's talking to us, the audience, directly. He's basically giving us, like he's going to say, I'm going to tell you a story. I don't know why I'm doing Heath Ledger (laughs) Joker as (laughs) Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. But I guess that's just the standard Joker voice. But anyway, so he is basically going to tell us to strap up, settle in, grab something to eat, have a drink, (laughs) because it's going to be a long one. Have you tried the lobby? Yes. So we go from that and we jump back in time to... 1981 when the movie is set and we're first introduced to Arthur Fleck. I forgot to mention that too. Okay, well I think it's pretty clear. Go for it. Now Arthur Fleck is obviously poor and lives with his mother in a dingy Gotham City apartment. Now Arthur is painfully shy and the only person he really speaks to, the only person he really connects to at this time is his mother because a boy's best friend is his mother. (laughs) And now Arthur's mother is suffering from a brain tumour, which is slightly different to yours, and is too sick to work, leaving Arthur to provide for the both of them. And now Arthur as well lives across from Sophie Drummond, who's Zazie Beetz's character, and she is a single Martha. uh, Martha. She's a single Martha. (laughs) And she's a single Martha. That's my name too. (laughs) (laughs) And she's a single mother that Arthur has long been attracted to. And he often passes her in the hall. You can totally see it. It's just like drive. Yeah, like drive, essentially. Jeez. And he's always too shy to say anything to her beyond a mumbled hello. Right. (laughs) He helps her with her washing and he helps her with her car. No, I don't even think he goes that far. Now, Arthur as well hangs around a local comedy club, which I happen to call Gotham Giggles. (laughs) I didn't realise it was the Pongo Club or whatever it was called, where he watches the comedians with great admiration. Gotham Giggles. And he has strong aspirations of being a comedian himself. Now, he's going to be enamoured with one particular comedian. He's this really funny one-liner spouting man who... He's got this... Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, basically like that. But Arthur is going to take a particular interest in how this guy presents, how this guy performs. Mark Marrow's in this movie, right? I don't know. Could be Mark. Yeah, I think so. Well, you never know. But anyway, we're also going to have the moment as well that we saw in the trailer where we see that Arthur has a really off-putting laugh. And that's going to be basically his big defining character. He's sort of afraid to laugh just because he knows that it's really off-putting and loud and distinctive. But that should be pretty obvious. Now, Arthur and his mother love watching Murray Franklin's late night talk show. Well, there since, you go. Ever since he was a little boy, they've always watched it together. I think there'll be a moment as well, which again, we saw in the trailer where they get up and they dance to the closing credits music. And this has always been a special bond. This is a little tradition that they do as mother and son. And it's just another thing that connects them, brings them closer together. And at this point, Arthur will admit to his mother that he's always dreamt of being a comedian. He wants to headline on the Arthur Murray show. And Arthur's mother will encourage him to pursue his dream. That's but, nice. But Arthur is worried that his nerves will get the better of him. He can Aww. barely talk to the woman across the hall. How is he going to talk to an entire audience? And then Arthur's mother then gives him the fateful advice that if he's not confident in the person that he is, then become the person that he wants to be. Oh, I like it. That's mm. interesting. At this point as well, I think that Arthur's mother's brain tumour is going to begin to affect her mental health. I think we're going to have a shot just like in season two of Fargo where one of her eyes will roll up into the back of the head. Oh my God. Sort of like revealing that something's broken inside of her mind and she's going to start spouting nonsense, things like that. And of course... 
they're going to send her to Arkham Asylum for psychiatric care. Oh my God, yeah. That makes a lot more sense than going there for therapy. Yes. And so Arthur is going to visit her every day. We see a shot in the trailer, which I really liked, of him standing in an elevator while there's like a mental patient That's a really good scene, eh? thrashing right next to him. But yeah, this is all involved with him going to visit her every day, making sure she's all right. And he's going to tell her, yes, I'll, I'll keep providing for you no matter what. I'll take any job. You're going to get the best care possible. I don't know why we sent her to Arkham Asylum, but still, I guess that's what they could afford. So Arthur takes his mother's advice quite literally and goes to an open mic night at a comedy club dressed exactly like the comedian that he really looks up to. So okay. he's wearing the exact same suit. He's done his hair the same way. He's trying to act all cool like the comedian did on stage. And he's also asked, in a rare moment of courage, his neighbour Sophie to come and see the show. She's sitting all excited in the audience and he's really hoping that he's going to impress her and see him for the man that he wants to be rather than the man he really is, I suppose. Now, as you imagine, Arthur's stand-up act does not go well. Basically, as soon as the curtains open up and the stage light hits him, he just freezes up and he's like, hi. And of course, a comedy club being a comedy club, the audience is going to have any of this and they quickly boo and hiss and he runs off stage. And I think as well that the comedian that he's emulating is going to be kind of freaked out that he's just copying his style exactly. (laughs) So after his set is a disaster, Arthur and Sophie eat dinner together in an all-night diner. There, we finally got the diner connection. So Sophie knows that Arthur is a sweet, well-meaning man and encourages him to be himself rather than emulating somebody else. Good advice. Good advice. Good advice. Arthur laments that he doesn't like himself, so why would anybody else? When Arthur next goes to visit his mother, he's told by the asylum staff that she has died quite suddenly and he's shocked. Doesn't know how to react to this. He doesn't cry, doesn't break down. He just signs the, the paperwork to say that she's... No longer under their care, I suppose. And they offer him counselling. They offer him someone to talk to, but he refuses. He says, no, I don't need to speak to anybody. I'll be fine. So we don't have the therapist? Well, I think the therapist will say, would it help if you had someone Uh, to speak to? And And he'll say no. This is where he'll turn it down. So there's no therapy subplot like in your one. That's all brushed over. So he doesn't get the care and attention that he needs, essentially, in my version. He didn't in my version either. Yeah, well, yeah, true. He just refused, didn't he? Yeah. He had a terrible psychiatrist. <laughs> Couldn't read any signs. Speaking of signs, Arthur lands a job spruiking a clearance sale at a local furniture shop. Here we go. Not a music shop. And he is horrified to learn when he takes the job. He's horrified to learn that he has to dress up as a clown to help promote the store and the sale. Because he, he's an introvert. He can't stand the idea of embarrassing himself standing in the street in front of everybody and making a fool of himself, or at least he thinks this anyway. But he realises that this is what he has to do to keep the job. So Arthur puts on the outfit, he dons the clown makeup, and he quickly realises that no one will recognise him. And he begins to open up publicly for the first time in his life. So he starts, yeah, he starts singing and dancing on the street, and he's quite happy to interact with everybody he meets. But this all goes wrong when a group... <laughs> of hoodlum children steal his sign and run off with it. And Arthur chases after them, fearing that he might lose his job as a result of losing the sign. The children... Yes, what do they do? (laughs) He follows them into an alleyway. They break his sign and kick him in the nuts. Yeah! (laughs) The audience cheers. (laughs) Arthur, of course, exactly like in your plot, loses the job as a result of this. Now, on the train ride home from this job, Arthur's pent-up emotions and swollen testicles, I suppose, get the better of him and he starts crying and laughing at the same time, attracting the attention of some local thugs who are also riding the train. Thugs in suits? Thugs in suits. Yeah, they're like they're mafiosos. Yeah, the mafiosos. Now, they'll attack him for being a weirdo. <laughs> of course, why not? But Arthur, after years of abuse and He'll lash oppressed out. emotions, it specifically says here in my notes that he lashes out and starts attacking them. One of them pulls a gun, but Arthur manages to wrestle it off him. I thought that too, actually. That yeah. thought could cross my and mind. And then at the next station, Arthur flees. He flees the scene and decides to keep the gun, of course. I Is think that important? Yes. I think there'll be a moment where he's at home staring at the gun, not sure if he should throw it away, turn it over to the police, but no, he decides to you put talk- it in. Talking to me? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's going to hide in a little top drawer. Maybe he'll, he'll build a little contraption made out of like a drawer runner where it slips out of his sleeve he'll like a taxi his, driver. He'll put it in his pants like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, let's hope. A few weeks later, Arthur tries his hand again at stand-up comedy. With a gun. <laughs> Laugh! <laughs> Not with a gun. But this time... He wears clown makeup in an attempt to overcome his stage fright. So it worked for him when he was on the street spruiking the furniture store closing down sale. Why wouldn't it work when he's on stage? No one knows that it's him. And this, of course, works a treat for him. He's finally able to tell all these terrible jokes and he can be himself at last. Except, again like you, 
all of his jokes are going to have a slightly creepy edge. So the audience are a little bit too nervous to laugh. Maybe there'll be a little nervous tittering throughout the crowd. But yeah, he's doing much better. He can express himself, but he's just got a twisted idea of what he thinks is funny. At the Gotham giggles. Yes. Arthur soon learns as well from Sophie that she's lost her job at Wayne Enterprises. Maybe she worked as a mailroom clerk or something like that. Something very low level. It's a big business, I imagine. They run a lot of business. But anyway, she's lost her job at Wayne Enterprises. We all know where this is going after listening to your plot. And she has no idea how she's going to support herself and her young son. Arthur, of course, selflessly promises to help her in any way he can. Since his mother's no longer in his life, Sophie has become the focal point for all his emotions. Now, due to Sophie losing her job, Arthur suddenly finds a scapegoat for all the problems in his life in billionaire philanthropist Thomas Wayne. Again, quite like your plot. And Arthur sees him as an uncaring elitist pig. So Thomas Wayne is currently campaigning for mayor of Gotham City, interestingly enough. Slight diversion from your one. And he's promising to clear Gotham of all undesirables if he's elected. Now, of course, of course, like all politicians... He's draining the swamp. Yes. Well, Arthur believes that he's full of it. He's not going to help anybody but himself if he's elected. He's going to shave a mohawk. (laughs) Yes. That's basically the tie-in that I wanted. I wanted that taxi driver. Senator Palantine connection. I really think that's what they're going to go for. But anyway, long story short, Arthur wants to bring down Thomas Wayne. So, his big plan is to express his feelings about Gotham's elite (laughs) in a stand-up act. And what better place to reach a lot of people than Murray Franklin's talk show? He's always dreamed of going on it. So he's going to kill two birds with one stone. He's going to tell everybody what scumbags he thinks the social elite are. And he's going to headline like his dream on the Murray Franklin show. Now, as we know, Arthur hasn't been invited to appear on the talk show officially. But instead, he snuck backstage and tied up the real comedian who's scheduled to appear on the show. Another clown. Possibly. Hmm. No, actually, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be weird. Just someone else in That'd be convenient. <laughs> now, Arthur comes out on stage in place of the comedian and encourages all of Gotham to stand up to the social elite before he's eventually dragged off stage by the TV station security. You can see where this is going a mile off. Now, almost overnight, protesters in clown masks begin rallying against Thomas Wayne. They start showing up to all of his public appearances and quite like, again, in your plot, but they're not going as far as committing crimes. They're just showing their presence. They're making their presence known to the world. They're guy foxing. And this is what causes Thomas Wayne to denounce the Joker responsible, of course, which was Arthur on the talk show and a nice little uh, reference. So that's where he gets yes. his name. He'll say something like, the Joker responsible for this is a coward and it'll be a nice little reference there. So I don't think Arthur will ever refer to him himself as the Joker. They might do like a cute Spider-Man thing of the Tonight. J. Jonah Jameson in the newsroom is no. like, Joker, that's a great name. No, I think they'll do something like they'll introduce him as the Joker or a Joker or something like that. Mm. Same way like Bruce Campbell introduced the amazing Spider-Man in that first <laughs> Spider-Man movie. I'm the human Joker. That name sucks, kid. <laughs> Now, at this point in the film, I think that Arthur will dye his hair green, like we see in the trailer, paint on his clown face and slip into a loud suit before hitting the Gotham streets with a new determination. Again, quite like in your plot, we're all going to see this coming, except this didn't happen in yours. He's going to corner Thomas Wayne as he's exiting an opera with his family and shoot him dead with a handgun. You think he will do it? Yes, Arthur's going to shoot him dead with a handgun that he wrestled off the thugs on the train. Yes, I think he's going to do it. Just like in Tim Burton's Batman, the Joker is directly responsible for Ever creating dance Batman. the devil with pale moonlight? Yeah, maybe he'll even say that. No, I don't think they'll go that far. There's going to be a foot chase where a whole bunch of Gotham City plainclothes detectives who are tasked with protecting Thomas Wayne are going to chase... The Joker, we see a shot where like Arthur's hit by a taxi as he's running across the street. Somehow it doesn't really seem to hurt him that much. <laughs> There's going to be a Skyfall-style moment where the police and the Joker are in the middle of a crowded train having a foot chase. And because everyone else is dressed like the Joker, he kind of loses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I picked up on that too. Exactly. So he's going to ditch the mask that he was wearing. Yes, he was wearing a clown mask, but he's Ooh. also got his face painted like a clown underneath, so it doesn't really matter. So like the Nolan Batman. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to jump off the train and give them a French Connection style slip. Later, Arthur returns to the apartment block with a bunch of flowers and confesses to Sophie that he killed Thomas Wayne out of love for her. And Sophie, naturally, is terrified Uh... by this prospect and chases Arthur out of her apartment at knife point. Oh man, I thought you were going to say like with a pan. (laughs) No, with a rolling pin. (laughs) Get out of here! She's going to threaten to stab him. She's going to threaten to put a little smile on his face. Right. And he's going to tear out of there. He's going to be distraught, run down the street. His makeup smearing from tears. And in the final scene of the movie, Arthur is going to be loitering 
teetering around the walls of Wayne Manor. He's going to stick his head up <laughs> and catch the attention of young Bruce Wayne. Not in makeup. No, he's going to be in makeup. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to be wearing makeup still. He permanently wears makeup now. From this point onwards, he's, a switch is flipped in his head and he always wears makeup. Now, naturally, Bruce is upset by the recent death of his father, so he approaches the Joker while he's standing at the gate. They sort of have a conversation. <laughs> you kind of look the- like the guy that killed my parents. Yeah, yeah, well, he doesn't know that. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> he was wearing a mask, so he won't recognize him. All right. But yeah, so they have a brief conversation through the gate. Joker's still carrying the bunch of flowers that he was going to hand to Sophie, and instead he hands the flowers to Bruce Wayne. He reaches through the bars of the gate, sticks his thumbs into Bruce's mouth, forces him to smile, and tells him, you got to smile even when your heart is breaking. Or uh, if you don't like who you are, be who you want to be. And he yeah, turns exactly. into Batman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. I like that better. <laughs> Pretend I said that instead. <laughs> All right. And that's my plot. Cool. There you go. Very different to yours, I think. My God. Very. I thought we were going to have a very similar plot, but apparently not. Now, Interesting did... that he visits Bruce Wayne with makeup when in the trailer he doesn't have it, but- I'm pretty sure he does. I no. After this, we're going to rewatch it, and I'm going to be <laughs> laughing, and your face is going to be red. I right, guarantee right, it. Right, right. He has a clown nose, but he doesn't have makeup. All right. All right. But anyway. All right. Maybe he's smart. He went incognito. He'll <laughs> never recognize me with a clown nose on. <laughs> Yes, so as I teased before, we do have a third plot prediction. How exciting, it was third actually, person. was uh, sent in by our old friend Kyle. He's a self-confessed Joker fanatic, so he couldn't resist sending in his own plot. <laughs> okay, what does Kyle say? I just wanted to mention as well, anyone who isn't aware, Kyle used to be our third host on Best Movie Quest The as third well, man in the band. In a bunch of those episodes, so you may be familiar with him from that. So his isn't as long as ours, thank goodness, <laughs> since we don't want to <laughs> talk all day. Probably for the best. So what he said is that I predict that Arthur is a down on his luck failing comedian who lives with his ailing mother. Sounds familiar. Cool, cool. So far, so good. And visits a psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum. (laughs) Almost exactly like yours. Now, due to constantly being beaten down by an apathetic, disenfranchised Gotham City and seeing what it's done to the Arkham residents, his mind begins to slowly unravel. He goes on Robert De Niro's talk show near the beginning of this transformation and he's utterly humiliated on stage. And following this, his mother passes away. (laughs) She was so ashamed that she just died. (laughs) Sorry, Kyle. Uh, Following this, his mother passes away after he went on the show instead of staying with her. Maybe they set him up on the show to be a punchline. Yeah, maybe. This causes him to lose his mind completely and create a dangerous new personality of the Joker, which is the complete opposite of how he started out, lashing out at Gotham in a twisted comedic crime slash murder spree. He will go back on De Niro's show, surprised that they asked him to come back. and I think he, he won't be asked. I think he'll just show up. Yeah, possibly. And stage a mass attack killing the host and eventually the audience through the use of Joker toxin, almost exactly like in yours as well, which leaves his victims with with a a permanent grin. Yeah. After a lengthy standoff, he is eventually captured by the Gotham City Police Department with the help of a young James Gordon and is incarcerated. I didn't even think of James Gordon. Yes. He wasn't credited, so I didn't think he was going to appear in the movie and is incarcerated in Arkham Asylum. I'm also calling it now that the little kid he makes smile through the fence is a young Bruce Wayne. We know this already and possibly shortly after his own parents' death. Bruce Wayne's, that is. There we go. Now, I just want to point out as well that I didn't read this at all. I think that's quite clear since <laughs> none of what I said was in there at all. No. And neither did Maddie. D. I did not. I so didn't this even is the know first this time that I read that. So, I guess this is an open invitation to anybody. If you've got your own ideas of what's going to happen in the Joker movie or any of the movies that we cover, please send them in and we'll read them out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, you can have your voice heard. We should probably talk about what we're going to be covering next week. Well, let's what do plots it. we're going to be predicting next time. Mm. What are we doing next week? We are going to be looking at the film starring not only Will Smith, Mm. but he's also joined by Will Smith in the upcoming blockbuster hit, question mark, Gemini Man. Yes. Are you familiar with this movie at all? I have seen the trailer with young Will Smith and old Will Smith. Mm. I think this one's going to be a lot easier than the Joker. when you thought there was not enough Will Smith, he decided to make a movie where there was two of him. Yes, that's right. We're going to be talking all about that next week. So if you have any ideas of what's going to happen in that movie, you can send them to us via email at potentialspoilerspod.com at gmail.com that's all one word potential spoilers pod that is otherwise you can find us on Facebook we're pretty easy to find all you got to do is just search for potential spoilers podcast we're a red logo we'll with an exclamation mark that's right a caution symbol and that's it for another episode thanks for joining me Matty D oh, it's been a pleasure thanks for joining me audience pause for them to yeah, respond it's been nice seeing you <laughs> and we'll catch you next week see you then Well, I'm the joke.